0: Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. Samaritan Ministries is a biblical solution to healthcare, connecting you to other Christians who will support you spiritually and financially when you experience a medical need. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash One thing I love about podcasts is how God uses technology to highlight different corners of the world. Today I am meeting with three local friends to hear their unique faith journey to starting Southside Christian Academy, which is a tuition-donated school in South Peoria, Illinois, one of the poorest areas in the United States. Prepare to be inspired. Here's our chat. Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, ladies. We're glad to be here. Thanks so much for having us. My pleasure. And will each of you just take a turn introducing yourself so that our listeners can start to differentiate each of your voices? Sure. So my name's Cassie Meese, and I'm married to
1: Kurt. We've been married for 29 years. We have four adult children. Our oldest is Gabe. He's married to Paige. And then we have Tanner and Parker and Macy. I have been raised all of my life. I don't remember not knowing about the Lord in our Christian home, I was raised. And so I have just always known about Jesus. I came to Christ at 14. I have lived a sheltered and blessed life all of my life, and I'm very thankful for that. By God's grace, he has been growing me for many years, and I've learned more and more how amazing God's grace is to us and what a great opportunity as a Christian we have to serve him and to be a part of his kingdom and further his kingdom in this world. And God's grace has
2: shown me that over and over again awesome. Thank you, Cassie. And my name is Susan Zobrist. I'm on my 25th year being married to Chad. We've both lived in Morton pretty much all of our lives. We, too, have four adult children. Our oldest is Hannah. She's married to Alex. They live in Indiana. Our second is Natalie. She's married to Dakota, and they live in Peoria. And then we have two other daughters, Reagan and Molly, who are college-age As far as my bringing up, I went to church, and God pursued me really hard, especially in my high school years, and I just continually rejected Him and and chose to go my own way. Finally, after many years of hardship and poor decisions and difficulties, I surrendered my life to Him fully in my early 20s. At that point, God led me to a church that I'm extremely thankful for that provided godly examples and discipleship for me. And I had so much to learn, but I jumped right in and made that my new life.
0: And I have to just add a personal touch that Susan and I are neighbors. And I remember the first day we were moving into our house and somebody introduced us, and I knew we hit the jackpot when <laughs> we met Susan and her family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my
3: name's Lisa Weibel. So I also was raised in a Christian home. I'm thankful for that. And I came to know the Lord when I was 19. I got married to my husband, Matt. We've been married for 25 years. We have been blessed with nine children. We have four adopted children and five biological children. The Lord has given us a love for children and has opened a lot of doors for us to reach out and serve them. And it's brought us a lot of joy and purpose to our lives. Thanks
0: so much for sharing. And I know that you three have followed God's individual calling, And you've collaborated on this incredible dream that you're starting to see come to fruition. So Susan, will you just tell us where this dream originated
2: for you? Sure. When I became a follower of Jesus, I knew I wanted my own girls to have a different experience than I did growing up. So my desire was for them to be saturated in the word in all aspects of life, which led me to homeschool my children. That was something I never imagined I would do, but here I found myself doing that very thing. I trusted that God would show me exactly like what he wanted me to do during that time because I had no idea what I was doing. And as I got into homeschooling and was starting to build relationships with like-minded people, I thought I I would love to have a school of some sort that would bring us together more on a daily basis than just to do science projects or things like that. So I ordered a binder about how to start a school and it, you know, it's 10 easy steps to start a school. And so I started to pursue locations and different options for a school here in Morton that would bring homeschool families together. Well, nothing panned out. And so I put the binder on the shelf and just continued to be on that journey. And during that time, I started taking short-term missions trips To Guatemala, where we would visit an orphanage. And every time I left there, it was just such a struggle to come back home because all I could do was continue to pray or send money to care for these kids that were just on my heart. And my heart grew to have a burden for children who were just living in poverty. And I wasn't sure what God was wanting me to do with that. But quickly, then my heart became burdened, and all I could do was. Just pray and ask him, then what, Lord, if the school isn't the thing you want me to do? And missions, we we started to actually pursue doing overseas missions. We did different things and applied for different positions. And God said, thank you for your interest, but not at this time on several different occasions. So I decided to go across the river and start serving at the Southside Mission. Started doing home visits with families and building relationships there. I would deliver groceries and check on elderly people and built relationships with them. And just started realizing that right across the bridge, there was a whole opportunity to serve people who were living in poverty. And then one day I was like, what about a school in that area? You know, and God just started planting that in my heart. But then again, I thought, how do I do that? I mean, I I didn't know. At that time, I pulled out the binder again, and I just began to pray. And something that God kept saying to me and laying on my heart was Isaiah 58, which talks about fasting and how it isn't to be just for a day or for a moment or for one little thing. It was more about an actual mindset and a lifestyle and wholeheartedly stepping outside of myself and pursuing good for the sake of others and to better the lives of others and not myself. And there's a promise in there that says, there's a blessing in that journey. And so that's when I shared my desire with my new acquaintance, Cassie, at church. And so that was the beginning of the dream for me.
0: Okay. And just to get a timeline about how old were your girls when you purchased
2: this binder? Sure. They were actually probably junior high. Elementary school, junior high. Yeah. And we were On the end of homeschooling, you know, I mean, that's what was interesting about it. It wasn't even something that was going to benefit my kids at that point.
0: And so that leads us to your relationship with Cassie. You Mm -hmm. two met through church. Mm -hmm. Through church. Susan and Chad had been at Grace Church in Morton for years,
1: but Kurt and I started attending there. It's been um, about five and a half years ago, and we met Susan shortly after, Susan and Chad both, and... We started working together on the women's ministry team, just conversations that God brought up about the south side of Peoria and how we could serve and how we could bless people. And I was, when we came to Grace, I was fostering a little guy from the south side of Peoria and he has since gone home to his mom and they currently live in Indianapolis. But I was seeing the needs of that greatly from just being down there with him. And I had actually been a teacher's aide here in Morton and seen and worked with some students who were... We're struggling at home, and had, they we're coming from hard places. And God really laid on my heart that there's just so many kids out there that need help, that need the parents to help them, and people to come alongside them, and parents who want people to come alongside them. And so I just began praying more and more about that, and how would God use that? And of course, all this time I was fostering a little boy, so. But in the meantime I'm talking to Susan at church and we're having all these conversations about wouldn't it be so cool if we could somehow do something to make a difference in the South Side and she was working at the South Side Mission and I was working seeing the South Side all the time through the eyes of my foster son and his mom and just began to gradually think more and more about it until Susan comes to me one day and says well the other mission opportunity that I had fell through and so I'm going to start that school and I said well I hope you're starting in South Peoria and she kind of looked at me funny, and then she came back to me a day or two later and says, yeah, I'm going to start that school in South Peoria. Are you helping me or not? And I did not pray about it. I did not talk to my husband about it. I just said, yes, I'm going to help you with that school in South Peoria. Well, I went home to my husband, and he had been wanting to do something like that for years. I was mm-hmm. the one dragging my feet. He was very involved in the South Side Mission and other other things on the other side of the river, and I just wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to God, or God was not, did not have me in the place mm-hmm. until over the course of time with Tavy and talking to Susan. And so from there she said, well, what do we do next? And I said, we call Lisa. And so <laughs> there we go. So
3: how God works in my life is um, we had gotten involved in ministering to families on the South end of Peoria through our church's prison ministry. And then the Lord had opened a door for us to move very near the South end of Peoria in about 2011 So God opened doors for us to build relationships with people. And so when Cassie and Susan felt called to start a school, they approached us because they knew we lived in the area. And my husband is also first cousins with Cassie's husband, Kurt. Mm -hmm. So when we moved into the neighborhood, we began reaching out to the neighborhood through Bible clubs and through tutoring and we got some kids from ICC to come and help tutor the children. And we saw the need academically that the kids had with reading and math skills. Also, the lack of biblical training. When we taught them the Bible, they didn't have much knowledge on that. They didn't have the opportunities to go to church. So actually, our first kindergarten teacher, Heidi Bradle, came to our Bible clubs. And God used that to give her a heart for the South End mm-hmm. of Peoria. Back then, we got involved in Southside Mission. We were able to start a basketball league. So we were building relationships with people. And so when it came time to start the school, and we needed to go door-to-door asking for students for our school, thankfully, we had a few relationships already built where the parents were willing to trust us with their kids. But the others, thankfully, God just really provided um, Mm -hmm. in ways that we couldn't. So he helped some parents to trust us, I guess, Mm -hmm. with their kindergartners. Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. And what you can't see if you're listening is yeah. that when they talked about going door to door, Susan's pointing at Lisa. So I think <laughs> Lisa must have been a pretty integral part of that. Yeah. She was the part of that. Mm-hmm. Me. Yes. You know. Heidi mm-hmm. Bradle helped me yeah, yeah. as well. <laughs> I just think it's amazing just to hear how God has woven each of your lives together. And so now I'm curious, are the three of you more
2: alike in personality and temperament or are you different? Well, I often say I think we are the very best team because we are three very different people. We never argue over roles or responsibilities. <laughs> no. We each know our place. We each have jobs that suit our gifts. And that has played out so very well with the development of the school. And I often jokingly say that we have Cassie, the pessimist. She <laughs> she does the majority of our worrying for us. Yeah. Somebody's got to. Yeah. And um, <laughs> And then we have Lisa, the optimist. She has dreams bigger than you could imagine. And then you have me, the realist, who just goes day by day. We're going to get through today. We're going to get through today. That's that's my job. I don't worry a lot, and I don't have big dreams. So I, I just kind of can keep this steady in between and do today's work. So my work and my role at the school is school director. So I'm there most days. And just take care of the logistics and figuring out how to run a school and to be the best support I can be to each staff member, each parent, and each student. So I'm figuring out things that I never knew were part of running a school, but I'm excited to be a learner in that. And so God is providing in in that. We each, though, wear very many hats and step in and do whatever is needed.
1: Yeah, the 10 easy steps in her binder had about 25 easy steps under each 10, each (laughs) of those steps. We're finding that out as we go along. And, And truly, even differences in us that we have, you know, some people are more grace people, some people are more truth people. I'm definitely a more truth person. Susan and Lisa, I would say, are definitely more grace people. And that really helps to balance when we're dealing with issues and situations that come up in school and having those two perspectives, three perspectives, but kind of More Gracie sides over there than mine um, is really helpful. My role at the school, I'm at school two days a week. And when I'm at school, I'm working the whole time with kids. I'm either working with students who are behind or helping out with PE or at lunch or recess. And so I'm busy all day long teaching or working with students on those Tuesdays and Thursdays that I am at school. Then I work from home the other three days a week doing the business side of things. I pay the bills, do a lot of marketing, do a lot of inspections of the buildings, those types of things, all the fun stuff like that. I get to help with that. And that's my role at the school. So I give a lot of time at home versus at school.
3: So when we started the school, I was kind of the full-time bus driver, but thankfully God has provided the funds for us to hire a bus driver. So I substitute bus driving when needed and help with bus monitoring. I helped with the garden. I'd like to do more of that this year, hopefully. And my kids are in charge of the mowing. So I have Mm -hmm. to be on top of that. And uh, we help clean the school as well. So, But during the day, I'm home with my children. I still homeschool four
0: of my kids at home. And I'm curious, you mentioned the garden. Is that a part of the school curriculum now that you're using with your students at SSCA? So it's part of their science class. It's gradually growing. Mm -hmm. It's something
3: we'd like to develop more. But we probably need to get more volunteers in to help make that a reality. Yeah.
2: And our cook uses the food mm-hmm. to yeah. serve at lunch as well. This year we used so a lot of funny. tomatoes
3: yeah. in, mm-hmm. on Taco Tuesdays. Yep. Yeah. And oh, we had zucchini bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, raspberries. The kids picked raspberries yeah. and strawberries and lettuce. Yep. So, yeah, they're learning mm-hmm. what a garden is. And-
1: yeah.
0: I love that. And, yeah. Lisa, you're the one they say is the big dreamer. So what yeah. would you like to see even come of the garden if I dreamed real big, the
3: kids would grow produce and go sell it down on the riverfront Yep, and help be great. Mm-hmm. provide funds for the school or it also maybe be sending produce home with the families so mm-hmm. they could eat healthier at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And we do have plenty of land. We have five acres at our school, so there's room to grow a garden mm-hmm.
1: bigger than it
3: is
1: (laughs) yeah and since we are a tuition donated school meaning parents are not required to pay so we are supported entirely by donations we do wear a lot like Susan said we wear a lot of hats I mean the board steps in and just does a lot of different roles because we try to keep our budget as low as possible Mm -hmm. so if we could do things like that where eventually our kids can help with fundraising that would be a great opportunity and a great dream for us Mm -hmm. to
0: have and now a brief message from our sponsor As wives and mothers, we understand how important it is to care for our family, especially when it comes to meeting their healthcare needs, even the unexpected ones. So when life happens and a medical need arises, there are over 280,000 Samaritan Ministries members who will care for your family through prayer, encouragement, and financial support. When you find yourself experiencing a broken bone, cancer, pregnancy, or medical emergency, when you're a Samaritan member, you have control over your health care choices. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries, and they notify members to pray and send money directly to you to help pay your shareable bills. Their online resources can help you choose a provider, price medical procedures, and give you 24-7 access to medical professionals so you can get advice before you visit the doctor, saving time and money. Healthcare sharing is biblical. Philippians 2.4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. And that's what Samaritan Ministries does. It lets you help care for other families spiritually and financially while they help take care of yours. Samaritan members are Christians who agree to a common statement of faith and strive to live a healthy lifestyle. And their caring and knowledgeable staff will pray with you and guide you through every step of the sharing process. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash to learn more. It's affordable and you can join today. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Thanks for your sponsorship. I love hearing more of these details. So would you say that Southside Christian Academy has looked similar to your initial vision? As far as our vision, God always does things bigger Mm. than we can
3: even imagine. We wanted to have an evangelical purpose to reach the lost. The teachers are very purposeful in sharing the gospel with the parents. The teachers daily do a Bible lesson with the children. We have chapels pray with the parents. The kids go home and they Talk to their parents about wanting to pray for different situations. We send out requests and let people become aware of the need. God will really touch people's hearts and give them a desire to come alongside us in this vision as far as raising the money. And we're praying that He will continue to do that. We're very thankful for the 30 volunteers to come in every week to work with the children, helping bus monitors, various things. So, um, His ways that
2: only He can. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, I struggle with vision. It's it's really been such a faith-growing time for me. And just to see how these kids, especially the ones that we've had since the beginning, the growth, their reading. I, I just am amazed at their academic proficiency. Just the other day, I pulled up in the parking lot at 7 o'clock. It was still kind of dark. And I'm like, this is a real school. And how are we doing this? And I just sat there and prayed for a little bit because the vision is becoming clearer because I can see God's hand every single day and just our willingness to be obedient and say yes. Yeah, truly, we've started with kindergarten only. It was our desire to begin. We're in
1: our fourth year, so by God's grace, we do have kindergarten through third grade now. But I can honestly say, I would never have dreamed that we'd be this far. It's hard work, but... We could do lots of hard work if God doesn't add add the increase. It's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And truly, like Susan said, the way that we've seen growth in kids, Mm -hmm. those are the kind of things that I just didn't think about when God is moving in their Mm -hmm. hearts. And there is going to be long-term change by His grace if we just keep
0: praying. I just want to pause and update everyone. So everything that you've heard so far was actually recorded in 2019. And as you may have noticed, our audio started breaking up, and unfortunately, the rest of the interview was completely jumbled. This has never happened before with the Savvy Sauce, so this group tried to get back together, and then COVID hit. And every time we tried to schedule a re-recording, something would fall through and it'd have to be canceled. So here we are, a year and a half later, with plenty of personal and school updates, But all along the way, all of us were able to encourage one another that God has perfect timing and we trust he's going to bring us all together. So friends, it's great to be back together with all of you today. And now that we're in 2021, what are some of your favorite stories that you can share as you reflect back on this journey? Well, my favorite story or one of my favorites
3: is, um, I've always helped with the bus. And at the beginning of the school, we started with my 12 passenger van. And we had, I believe we had 11 kindergarten students, about eight of them rode in the van. And we gathered up booster seats at the beginning of the year. We asked for donations and people brought them. And we loaded in eight kindergartners into the van. We had to I always brought along one of my children. I remember one of my boys was nine, and he'd help um, buckle up the kids when they got in the van. And it was kind of a crazy ride to school. But anyway, God blessed us. We we eventually found out that we weren't supposed to be driving to the school in anything but a yellow school bus. (laughs) So we were blessed to buy a 35-passenger school bus and use that for, oh, I think a year and a half. And then we outgrew that. So um, God provided the funds to purchase a 74-passenger school bus that we presently use for the school. So it's just awesome to see how God has multiplied um, the children coming to the school.
0: It's awesome to hear that progression. Thanks for sharing, Lisa. Any other stories that Susan or Cassie want to tell us about?
1: Yeah, well, when we began... Obviously, there are a lot of things, hurdles to overcome. And one of them was we need a place to start the school. We had a great story about how we got our teacher, Heidi Bradle being our first kindergarten teacher. And she still currently is our teacher, at kindergarten teacher after five years. But the problem was we didn't have a place to put it. And obviously, that's a big deal. So we prayed and prayed. We started praying about this just a little over five years ago. And as I look back and see that we are not only in a school building now with kindergarten through fourth grade, but the way that God brought us to this building and the way that God has provided so many different things, it's just truly God and we give him all the glory for that. But when we were trying to find a building, so many different buildings fell through. We wanted to rent from a church and several different churches had said, yes, that'll be great until they would go to their board and they would say, no, you can't. And finally, my husband, we all just committed to prayer and Kurt said that he was going to drive around South Peoria one Saturday morning and look for any kind of building he could that might possibly house a school and took pictures of the craziest buildings that ever were (laughs) and finally got lost in a residential area. And he was trying to find his way back to the main road when he came across this building that was on about five acres, five or six acres. It had a baseball diamond it looked like it could even be a school and it had a flagpole on top of it all i was like it's got a flagpole it's going to be a school so kurt walked in they were having some kind of a benefit dinner or something so kurt walked in and found out there was a knights of columbus building he asked if he could speak to the director or someone who might be in charge and they directed him to this uh gentleman who said ask kurt what he wanted and kurt said i was just wondering if there might be any way you were ever interested in selling this building And the guys looked at him kind of stunned and said, well, actually, our membership is dwindling and we are not able to keep up with the costs. And we were just beginning to think we almost need to sell this building. But how who would want to buy a building on the south side of Peoria? And so Kurt said, well, we would be interested in considering it. Would you can you take my number? And so through the course of the next year, we did negotiations and bought that building the Lord provided that we were able to remodel it and get into it a year and a half later debt-free. And in the meantime, we were still able to start school that year because Matt Weibel stumbled on a church where they had no board. It, they, <laughs> this church was going out of business completely. All they had was a pastor and about 10 members who were thrilled to let us rent part of their building. So we were there for the first year and a half, and then we moved into the building that Kurt had stumbled upon by God's grace, and so... We're there and it's it's a real school. I was walking around it the other day after we added on some classrooms inside of it just this summer so we could have our fourth grade. And I was had been painting and I just thought, like Susan said earlier in the last year, this is a school. I, I can't believe I'm walking around in school. What God has done. And it's just truly amazing and exciting when you dream what, what can happen.
0: And I love hearing about all the people that were involved in coming alongside and praying together and how your spouses Mm. have been so hands-on during this process. For sure. Thanks, Cassie. Anything you'd like to add, Susan?
2: Sure. My story isn't really a favorite story, but it's a story how I can see God so at work and just how big He is way beyond us. So part of our mission is to reach and transform families For Christ by establishing a biblical worldview, and our hope is to do that through a high-quality education, but we also want each of our students to know that they are valued and confirm that value in Christ, and we want them to be prepared for a life of service to God and a service to others. Our desire is to also model that to our students, and so believe me, there are several opportunities where we're called to model that to our kids. But there was a particular event that happened just recently, actually. One Friday night, both of our school buses were vandalized beyond use. And it was a Friday night late. A neighbor called the police, and actually the police caught these three teenage boys in the act of doing it, and they were arrested. I struggled with how to wrap my mind around how this could be for good. But anyway, the boys came the next day and helped clean up part of the mess. And at the end of the day... There was an opportunity to pray with them and offer forgiveness, even though there weren't you know, completely repentant hearts, but we could offer prayer for them and um, tell them that we were going to be praying for them. And all the while, my mind is going, our kids are going to be mad. Like They're going to come Monday morning, and they're going to see these buses that are damaged, and they're just going to be mad. And so God was dealing with my heart. Like... Monday morning in chapel, you're going to have an opportunity to share with these kids, your students at your school, how you prayed with these people who chose to vandalize your bus and to work alongside them and and then to offer to pray for them. That wasn't my reaction initially, but I knew I was going to have to be an example for the students on Monday morning when I taught chapel. So the kids came Monday morning. We were in a borrowed bus. Thank you to PCS, Fioria Christian School, who donated a bus to us to use indefinitely until ours were fixed. But anyway, so we picked the students up in a borrowed bus, and here they come and see the vandalism. And so we had a really amazing opportunity to share in chapel that morning about forgiveness. And it was a challenge to me to really believe that and that God could work this for good. And I think, like I said, back a year and a half ago, Lisa, she has a way with kids and um, just a heart for just lost people. And so she decided she's going to take offer to take these kids to church with her, the ones that vandalized the buses. And so she picked them up, and one in particular that she went a couple times. And this boy actually, alongside some of our students, worked for the church, and they were cleaning up leaves or something and he approached the pastor of that church and, and admitted his need for Jesus. This is someone who chose to destroy something that wasn't his, was loved by one of our people. We don't know what that seed is going to look like, but that it's bigger than yes. our students at our school. Mm-hmm. So it's it's teaching our kids how to live a life that glorifies God, but then it's challenging to us and how yeah. it's changing my life and Lisa and Cassie and mm-hmm. everyone who comes that it's so much bigger than us. And there we have all these kids watching us. Mm-hmm. And what that life looks like is, it, it, it's really different when when you're in a ministry mm-hmm. that, you know, you have people watching you like that. And, and it's challenging to grow us. Yep.
0: I love hearing those stories because that expands your faith I'm sure going through that but then when you share it with us we
2: all get to expand ours as well. I wanted to share a verse um, just this morning when I, I knew we were going to come together and I was just praying about that and this was the verse that God gave to me in in light of what I just shared but it's first Corinthians 15 58 So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And I just, it's, (laughs) that's such an encouragement (laughs) to what we're doing and what God decides to use it for.
0: Is there anything else that you want all of us to know that we haven't covered yet today or a year ago?
1: Well, we do have at least one exciting update that we're really really thankful for and we just want to thank god first but all of our donors who have just been amazing we um if we're going to go through eighth grade which that is our dream and our vision to at least go through eighth grade and if we're going to do that we don't have room in the building that we're in we would need to add on to that building and we'd like to add at least four classrooms but it might be five and then a gym so we have been raising money over the last year and a half for that and our goal as a board, when we prayed through this, was that we would not begin that process until we reached a million dollars that we would have on our own. That we would not, the whole project is 1.6 million. But we wouldn't begin the permitting process or really making moves forward to actually begin the addition until we reached 1 million set aside strictly for the building. And by God's grace, that was a year ago in September, by God's grace. Now, since the end of the year and a couple big donations that have come in that God moved in the hearts of people to just do amazing things for him, Mm -hmm. we are at 1.1 million. So we we have started that process. We had a survey last week and we're just overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and thankful that God is allowing us to serve in this way. There's just truly verses that have become more and more alive through this whole process, but Mm -hmm. even ones like ask and it will have given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. I have prayed so many times. I've just said, Lord, I'm asking and I'm seeking and I'm knocking that you will allow us to continue to serve on the south side of Peoria in this way. And he has. And he's opened doors and he continues to make it bigger. It's been hard. It's been a struggle. Some people probably think that we could be doing it differently and better when they come in and realize that, boy, there's a lot of gaps here. But the fact is, It's getting done by God's grace. And are there things we'd like to make even better and have more staff? Yes. But God will provide that as we need it, one step at a time. And he's done that up to now. And it's been a great opportunity to see volunteers come in and pick up the slack for us. It's just truly, obviously, the main reason we are there is to glorify God and see kids' lives changed. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing that in not just in the students, but in the parents. And we've seen irate parents go from irate to weeping. We've seen children over the years go from throwing things around the room to being kids that we can send to the office and tell them, hey, take this down to the teacher and get this done and ask favors for us and admitting when they lie and taking ownership of the things they've done wrong. It's God's work. And it's just so exciting to be on the front line seeing it. So... I would just say that it's just incredible how God makes dreams a reality and how he works through obedience. And I take no credit for being obedient. God mm-hmm. gave me the grace to be obedient. But it does say in Romans 12, which is another verse that has been very convicting to me. Romans twelve one is, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is, and I like the King James version of this when it says, which is your reasonable service? Because mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, it's no big deal to make your body a living sacrifice for all that God has given to you, for all that God has done for you. It's just your reasonable service to do it, to to be on the front line serving and building the kingdom. This is this world's going to burn, but the stuff that we can take with us are the people that we've influenced for Christ. Mm-hmm. And we're praying to see lots of these kids and lots of these families in heaven someday on the throne rejoicing with us. And I can't wait for mm-hmm. that.
0: And I love that we all now get to be a part of that as well as we're listening, we can pray too, all together as one body. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) Praise God.
3: I'd also love to add that my son, Cody, who's 20, um, a couple years ago started a boys work and play club. And currently it um, serves boys second grade to fourth grade, and they meet twice a month and they do some type of work project. So the boys are learning to mow the grass. They've done other yard work. They've done some woodworking. Cody's also taken them on some field trips. Um, they were just at a diesel mechanic shop. They've been to a farm and got to ride on a combine. So the goal of the boys work in play is to teach the boys some how to work and give them some skills so they can get a job down the road. Also to expose them to different work occupations just so they can have a vision in their mind of something they may want to do someday. So thankfully there's a group of young men who help Cody with this and the boys just love to go to it. Um, also, uh, Miss Bradle, the kindergarten teacher and I have started a girls club just a couple months ago and are teaching the girls some skills in preparing food. And we're going to take them on some field trips. We have one of the moms coming in to teach them how to make bracelets Just excited to get the girls together and help develop a vision for different occupations they can have down the road when they grow up.
0: It's so inspiring to get it. Just have a little taste of what you all get to be involved in every day. So if someone else is listening and they're inspired as well, how can all of us join with you and serve and help support Southside Christian
2: Academy? Well, certainly we would appreciate prayer and probably first and foremost, that's what everybody can do from their home. We do have a, an email list that you could join. There's, a, there's an actual mailing list to get our updates, but there is also an email list that you can join to get prayer updates. And um, you can go to our website, which is southsidechristianacademy.org, and you can find ways to get on those lists there. Besides praying, which once again is is just so important to us, you can give funds, which we are, like we've said before, we're a tuition donated school, which means our kids can come to our school at no cost financially. It obviously costs to run a school. So we're finding that and praise the Lord, we have not had to do much formal fundraising. I mean, we can share our letters and give updates and we have just seen God just provide for us in abundance beyond what we could ever have imagined just based on on those updates to our, our mailing list. In a normal time, we would welcome volunteers to come to our school. Currently, with all the COVID going on, um, we are really limited to who can come into our school at this time, but we we are seeing that that's going to change. And we believe that. And so we are, we will always take volunteers in the future people to help with lunch preparation, to monitor in the cafeteria at lunch, to help monitor at recess, to read with our children, clean our school, We've got all sorts of opportunities in that way. So we, even even during this time of COVID, you're welcome to call and, and ask about those opportunities. We can, we can give you what that would look like in a normal time. And I do have a question then, even in this
0: time or in the future, is it something that parents could bring their children in to
2: serve as well? Yes, we've had, especially the lunch slash recess time, we've had parents come and bring their children. And, and really, it's nice for our kids to play with other kids and vice versa. It's, it's been really a neat opportunity in that way too. So yes, we are also always looking for new teachers and new aides and part-time staff. And so whatever, you know, whenever we have hiring to do, we are looking for Christian people who have a heart for ministry that want to join our team. So those are on our website as well. When, when those opportunities are available. Other ways people can get involved and help. Um we offer a cold breakfast to our students and so donating breakfast items and those items are on our website as well on a wish list. You can find those to donate to the school. We also would welcome anyone to share stories or lessons in chapel. We would welcome that. If someone has a life skill to teach a group of kids, we, we would welcome that as well. We've had people come in and teach baseball. We've had people come in and bring their pet goat. We've had all kinds of things that people have come in and done. Also, we've had people come in and usually during time when there isn't COVID, we have specials. So we would have art. We we're always looking for people to help with art, music. We would look for music teachers, PE, PE teachers. We've had one really exciting opportunity was we've had two sisters come in and do an orchestra with our kids. We've had string instruments donated. Um, and so unfortunately that has had to be on pause during COVID, but we are looking to bring that back for our older students here in the spring, Lord willing.
0: So it sounds like there are endless possibilities and just ways that we can all partner together, whether that's locally or globally, there's something that each of us can do. And as all of you are aware, we are called the savvy sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge or discernment. And so as my final question for each of you today. What is your savvy sauce? I was convicted a while, years ago, with with the saying, no
3: read, no feed. And that that taught me that in the morning, I should get up and read the Bible before and fill myself spiritually before I feed myself physically with food. And um, I have accepted that challenge. And to my knowledge, I've never eaten before. I've spent time in God's word and made him... My first priority. And God has, I believe, blessed me richly through that and has taught me to live unselfishly. And if we're spending time in God's word daily, we cannot live selfishly. You know, the Bible says to take up your cross daily and follow Him. So I just encourage all my listeners to make it a priority every day to spend time
2: in God's word, and you will see God do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And for me, my Savvy Sauce is 5.30 a.m., the blue couch, coffee, and the Bible. <laughs> I don't eat, but I do drink coffee. <laughs> this is how I start every day. And I'm really fortunate that my husband brings me the cup of coffee, which is really great. But if I don't start my day that way, it's just thrown off. And those days when I know I have something coming up that's going to be challenging... I know this is where I need to start my day. I mean, when I think it might be an easy day, this is where I need to start my day. It it shows my dependence on the Lord to get me through any sort of day. And so that is my savvy sauce.
1: Yeah, I, there's a couple things that I learned from my grandpa who I'm not sure where he learned from before. But one is that a saying that he always said from a class that he took is that you assume people like you unless they tell you differently. And I just... I've just always kind of lived like that. And I think it's more of an outward focus rather than an inward focus of, do people see me? I just don't think about life as much that way. And I think a lot of it had to do with, because that's how I was raised. And then the other thing that he always talked about often was that if we have a truly deep appreciation for what the Lord has done for us, we will be willing and want to live a sacrificial life in return for him and So those, I think about those sayings a
0: lot in my life and I'm very thankful for them. This has just been such a joy to sit under your teaching and knowing each of you personally and gleaning so much wisdom from each of you in the way that you live your lives and the way that you seek to honor and glorify the Lord is such a gift to Mark and me and our family. So I thank you for that. And then also just all that you've shared today. You've blessed all of us richly and pointed us to the giver of all good things. And he clearly continues to do more than we ever ask or imagine. So thank you for sharing and thank you for being my guest today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news. And I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. We can be covered and justified through the work jesus finished if we choose to receive what he has done for us romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so would you pray with me now heavenly father thank you for sending jesus to take our place i pray someone today right now is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes and Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps, such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says,